Thank you for listening to the Sooner Schooner Show on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. Do us a huge favor as we pause for the cause here. Take a few seconds, give us a five-star rating, and write a written review. That five-star rating will help us elevate our content, get it out to more people. The written review is constructive criticism, lets us know what you like, what you don't like, what we can give you more of. Take a screenshot of both those things, the written review and the five-star rating. Send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and Pete will send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie, which is perfect for any occasion. As promised this week, we'll take a look at OU's linebackers and OU's running backs as we kind of go position by position, getting you ready for the first game coming up on September 2nd against Arkansas State. And man, doesn't feel like we're that far away from that because you know what? We're not that far away from that. We're less than 30 days away from kickoff from OU football. What a glorious time of year. We'll hear a lot from Brent Venables today, and um, we will uh, also hear, of, well, obviously I told you we were here from Brent Venables. We'll talk about the impact that being in the SEC is having on OU recruiting. So let's start with talking about OU's running backs, and it's probably the most excited you've been about OU's running back room since Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan were down on campus in Norman. Yeah, it's been that long since we've looked at OU's running backs and thought, man, they've got a chance to really pound the rock if they want to. For me, this year, when it comes to running backs, it really is all about Gavin Sawchuck. That's not taking anything away from a guy like Javante Barnes. It's not taking anything away from Marcus Major, who OU is going to have to figure out how much this guy can actually be involved in the offense. He's often injured. Um, you had the suspension. So, you know, just exactly what is Marcus Major's status? And when he gets that opportunity, can he make the most of it? That's one of the biggest questions that OU is going to have all season long. But even if Marcus Major doesn't ever live up to that four-star rating that he had as a high school student, you can see Gavin Sawchuk already doing that. Only carried the ball a couple of times during the regular season last year, but man, when they gave him the ball for that cheese it game, you saw the future of the OU. You saw the future of that OU running back room when the dude handled it for 15 times and then rushed for 100 yards. Sawchuck is an every down back that can physically wear down defenses. And if OU's going to do that, as, as, as great as Gavin Sawchuck, can be as good as he can be at those particular things. This really all rides on Jeff Levy and it rides on Brent Venables at times taking Jeff Levy out of his comfort zone and being able to eat up the clock because not only can OU wear down defenses, but the obvious residual effect from that is the fact that your defense is on the sideline and they're not getting worn down themselves. And I would think that that has been a big conversation between Brent Venables and Jeff Levy this season about just how you're going to use the running back backs, what is the running game going to look like, how many RPOs versus design runs are you going to call, and can a guy like Levy, because he's like every, Levy is like every single offensive coordinator out there. He's going to get impatient when you haven't had the big play, when you haven't thrown the ball, 
or stretch the field, they're going to want to go they're going to want to go downfield and score as quickly as possible even though that is sometimes not the best way to attack a defense. Sometimes it's just taking their manhood and OU has a group of running backs that can do it. And you know those first three that we mentioned, whether it's Barnes, whether it's Major, whether it's Sawchuck, who are going to be the main guys getting the attention, they're also you've also got three guys behind them. So you're looking about six deep in that running back room now, provided that that everybody's healthy. Um, whether it's Smothers, whether it's Hicks, I mean, if, if those guys are healthy this year, the good thing is, is even if Sawchuck could carry the ball let's just say 30 times a game. You know, one, he's not going to have to. You ought to be able to rotate these guys in, keep them fresh. And if Jeff Levy's doing his job, he's going to give these guys every single opportunity to flat-out run. He'll also use them in other ways, and Brent Venables talked a little bit about that during his um, media dur- during his media day press conference earlier this week down in Norman. Um, no, running backs, I don't know if they're used. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're used in more in the space game, but that's been going on for a little while now. And uh, you don't see eyebacks a whole lot, and certainly in college. Uh, and when you do, it's like, what's that? You know, it's like Washington right down the road here. You know, they won a state championship, and they got those things called two tight ends on the field at once. And every once in a while, they'll put them both, like, in a line. Now there's three of them. There's a guard, there's a tackle, and there's this thing called a tight end. And, uh, and so um, and people don't necessarily know what to do with that. You know, you play him in a six, you play him in a seven, you play him in a nine. Uh, do you knife him? Do you? It's, it's really um, fun to see, you know, evolution of, of college football. But, you know, uh, so are they used differently? Some ways, yeah. I mean, I think you, you see them, uh, the, the good running backs have a very diverse skill set, you know, uh, where they can – bump out wide and play like a receiver and be a real matchup issue, you know, if you're trying to play man-to-man on a linebacker or the space game. You know, the NFL is a, is a big-time space game. Many ways, the college college is a little more uh, run RPO, uh, but the space game's been a, a big part of college too. But the short passing game has been utilized tremendously in the NFL, and the backs are a big part of that, you know. But I don't know. I don't sit and spend any time comparing, you know, the NFL to college. I'm just thinking it through, though, ask, answering your question. And and uh, you got to have – I know this. One thing that's very synonymous, you got to uh, – uh, more the same than not is you got to have a stable of them, you know. Uh, they have a short shelf life. And, and uh, you know, every you know our roster is set up in such a way we got a, a bunch of varieties of the skill sets that uh, we love. So – um, you know, we'll continue to find ways to, to use our guys, you know, both, you know, carrying the rock and, and uh, in mountain space as well. It would have been easy for Brent Venables to just go axe murderer on his staff after last season's six and seven year. I and mean, look, if, if he would have fired Jeff Levy, if he would have fired Ted Roof, if he would have fired position coaches, you know, especially on the, on the defensive side of the ball, none of us could have blamed him. But here's the thing that Brent Venables understands, especially when you've worked for guys like Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, and Dabo Sweeney, is that, one, you don't want to cause any disharmony. Okay, that's first and foremost. And once you start firing people, the ones that you keep around are always going to be a little bit leery of whether or not they're next. But two, 
You need continuity in the program if you want any chance to succeed. And I love Venables' attitude of wanting to do it as a staff as opposed to, it's all about me. And you didn't get things done, so I've got to lay the blame off somebody or lay the blame on someone. You just happen to be it. So, sorry, Ted Roof. Sorry, Jeff Levy. You're out. I'm bringing in these new guys because i got to make myself look better. It's not his style, which is one of the reasons why he's so easy to root for. That being said, you are, you're Jeff Levy. You're under an immense amount of pressure this year. And you haven't been under pressure. You haven't been under pressure like any other offensive coordinator at OU since Josh Heupel. I mean, how does how does that feel? Now, granted, it worked out great for Josh Heupel. Maybe you want that pressure. You're like, hey, man, you know what? I'll take the L at OU, go work at Utah State for a year, the Mizzou. I'll get I'll get my uh group of five job, and then I'm off to a a, a power five powerhouse. I, no, I don't think Jeff Lebby's thinking that at all. I think Jeff Lebby wants to succeed at OU. Brent Venables was asked about the pressure that Jeff Lebby was feeling, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, Brent, you know what it's like to be a coordinator here, mm-hmm. uh, the scrutiny that goes with it. How do you think uh, Jeff has handled that in his 18 months on the job? I mean, I, I don't think it's any different anywhere else. It's ex- very successful. I don't know. I, I, I don't really... I don't judge that. I don't sit down like, oh man, that's a hard, you know, you're you're at a place that um, has high expectations and has a, a standard of excellence. That goes along with it at uh, both the collegiate level and the professional level. So he's been, you know, he's been a stud, you know, confident in what you do, how you do it, what your vision is and how you're going to get it done. And you have a plan of attack and uh, lots of, uh, a track record, uh, uh, so to speak, of success. Uh, he's a very confident, you know, both in himself and in his coaching and in his system. So uh, I didn't, never asked him, you know, how how he's doing, but he's been great, uh, if you ask me. And again, that's all part of that, you know, handling all of that is all part of helping you grow uh, as well. Uh, so, you know, he's been. Uh, wonderful, you know, in that regard, in my opinion. No, let's not forget, and you probably you probably aren't forgetting this now, but when Jeff Levy was hired, there were a lot of people that were really excited about the fact that you got him on campus because you looked at that Ole Miss offense and you thought, wow, man, he did a great job. Well, Lane Kiffin was the guy running the offense down there. It wasn't Jeff Levy. It wasn't, you know, Levy was there, but Lane Kiffin w- w- was the guy who was doing just about every bit of the work. It was a a Lincoln-Riley situation. So, you know, last year was his first year as what I would call a true offensive coordinator. Really getting to be an OC at a a Power 5 school. I mean, it's all on him. Brent Venables trusted him, gave him the lead on that. He didn't come through with flying colors, but this year you feel Dylan Gabriel, another year under his belt. The running backs, like we've talked about, if you use them properly, you'll be fine. Offensive line will be great, and it's just a matter of finding finding receivers. And look, you don't need, I mean, if Jeff Levy's going to succeed, you don't need spectacular receivers with a wow factor, okay? You don't necessarily need a Ryan Broyles or a Marvin Mims or a Westbrook 
You know, you don't you don't need those guys. You don't need a CD Lamb. You just need good, solid guys that can catch the ball and get yards after the catch. And you do that, and you're able to run the ball. OU's offense will be fine. Moving over to the defense, where um, things are a little bit more. Uh, Things are a lot more uncertain on OU's defense. Come on. I, we were all in shock last year that when you hire Brent Venables, a defensive guy, after the third game of the season, OU just somehow forgot how to tackle, and the defensive line disappeared for enough weeks to get your butt beat by um, K-State, TCU, and Texas three straight weeks. And it was scary. It's just not something that, that we expected. And... With the defense, obviously they've got to get better, but with all those questions, one of the things that the defense is looking for is leadership. And one of the guys that's got to step up this year and prove that he's a leader is Danny Stutzman. Stutzman's in his third year. And it was a little bit bo- I was a little bit bothered um, by some of the things that I read about Danny Stutzman that you know he admitted that you know, it wasn't easy for him to lead last year, but he feels like he's in a better place this year. I mean, look, football moves a lot faster than what it used to, and I get it. You were just a sophomore last year, but you're expected to grow up quick. And by all accounts, he's taken on that leadership role this year, which is a good thing. I mean, look, last year you tore it up with 125 tackles, led the conference in tackles. Uh, you were 18th nationally. Uh, with 10 tackles per game, like all those stats are good. But what I love about Danny Stutzman, because I'm not a, I'm not a numbers guy, I just, I just had to read those sort of obligatory, is the fact that when that ball is snapped, um, it's like Pat Jones says, it's like a gun goes off. I mean, this dude flies to the ball. He's good from sideline to sideline. Um, he will take on blocks. He will go smack people. He's a hard hitter, hard freaking hitter, man. And in college football, I kind of feel like that's a rare thing. At OU, I feel like that's a rare thing. That you see a guy that wants to get that physical, that wants to lay people out. I mean, that Nebraska game that he played last year was just un- unbelievable. I And, like, I lost count of just how many times we heard his name throughout that broadcast. We know he can play. And a lot of times leadership is just showing up is doing the right things, is being, you know, the old cliche, first to first to get in, last to leave. But a lot of it's really by example. And as long as Danny Stutzman does that, he'll be a fine leader. Now, he's probably one of the few guys that would say him and Ethan Downs. You know, we don't have him, Ethan Downs, Bowman, those three guys, not a lot of questions about. But in such a young unit, especially at, at, at linebacker, whether it's Kobe McKenzie who's going to step up. Look, Kobe McKenzie's a guy you can get excited about. 6'2", 138 pounds, but he's a red shirt. You know, he's he, you know he's he's a he's a red shirt freshman. Same with Kip McKenzie, who's also another big physical guy. Um, I don't know how much Connor Near is going to get to play this year. Look, I'm happy for him. You make the move up from D two Ferris State. Uh, you certainly have the size to play linebacker at, at a Power 5 school at 6'2", 235, but it's a major jump in competition. And I almost feel like, you know, reading some of Brent Venable's quotes, it's like, look, I needed a guy 
that had actually played college football before. Even if it was a D2, you needed a guy that could play college football. So, Connor Neer, congratulations. You played college football. Here's your opportunity to play at Oklahoma. And I don't know how much he'll be on. I don't know if Lewis Carter is going to get a whole lot of time to play. I'm excited about him. I mean, for no other reason, uh, I'm excited about the fact that he can rep 350, not just bench 350, but rep 350. Um, Six foot, 213 pounds, a little undersized. Supposedly, he plays bigger than that. Just something we'll have to see on the field. But like every other player, like like every other school, OU's dealing with a lot of young guys, and it's really showing up on defense, which in a way makes you nervous. But if those three guys that we talked about, you know, if those three guys, if Bowman, if Stutzman, if Downs, can play their butt off and you can get some help from some of these guys that, that OU has brought in via the transfer portal, you ought to be pretty good. And one of the things that, you know, Brent Finnables has stressed is it's a young team. And with a young team, there's definitely a learning curve. And here's what Brent had to say about that. Don't like really to project a whole lot. I want to, I want to see you do it. And uh, but we got an opportunity sitting in front of us. We got 32 days till we kick off, and uh, we got 24 practices on the books, and that includes some, you know, some jog throughs and you know walkthroughs, things of that nature. But uh, you know, everything counts. Everything matters. Uh, you know, I have high expectations for, you know, all of our, our whole locker room to be a much improved version uh, of ourselves. And especially, again, on defense, we have nine uh, transfers and uh, some excellent high school uh, players and, and then several players that maybe were in that too deep um, because we didn't have great depth a year ago. Not that they were easily the best guy. Uh, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Uh, but maybe weren't ready to have a, uh, a bigger role a year ago that we are really counting on. Maybe a guy like a Gentry Williams is a guy like that, and I feel like I know a lot about him. I love who he is as a competitor, what's in, inside of his heart, and, uh, and then he has talent on top of that and the toughness that you got to have. So uh, without going through every guy, uh, I, I would expect significant uh, opportunities and roles uh, for all the – Again, you're talking 76% of the team is first or second year scholarship guys alone. So I would expect uh, you know, uh, quite a few of them to, uh, to have, you know, again, you know, strong roles. Now, keeping your fingers crossed, now that OU is going into the SEC, you're going to start to see a better caliber of player on the defensive side of the ball, especially up front. And whether it happens – in this recruiting class or the next recruiting class, just constantly going after those same kids that Georgia and Alabama are. And when you start to win some of those battles, that's when you start to see the OU program get to where everybody wants it to go once it's in the Southeastern Conference. Now, if you go into the Southeastern Conference and you lay an egg, obviously it's going to take you longer to get those guys because when you When you're thinking as a kid, you're only going to play three years and then you're off to the NFL, you want to have success as quick as possible. Brent Venables does say that, you know, with the SEC schedule out and something tangible, it is starting to show um, some big time effects and really starting to show on the recruiting trail that, you know, hey, kids recognize what what OU can be about. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) uh, careful what you wish for, right? 
And I say that, again, um, with much respect. And um, it's exciting. It, it's exciting to say it, all right, because I get you charged up. I've always had this great respect for what it takes to be successful. And I've always, you know, just like I told the team yesterday, it'll be the best game of the, that Arkansas State plays all year when they show up here to Norman, Oklahoma. And, and you know, when you can promote Alabama and South Carolina uh, and Tennessee or, or promote going on the road to Baton Rouge or to Auburn, Alabama or to Oxford, Alabama, or Oxford uh, Mississippi, you know, it gets people charged. Your freshman year, your first game you're ever going to play, you know, da, 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 you know, whatever that is. Because I love creating vision. I love talking about the future. And they like it when you can create vision for them so they can see it. And uh, it's, it's exciting. Um, great, great challenge. And as we know, uh, that's, you know, a year from now. But uh, I think that's been another and, you know, reason for uh, young men and families to be uh, interested in, you know, University of Oklahoma. It's not been the the, but it's been another and from a reasoning standpoint. You know, and not to make this sound like a news update or report, but I, I did, I did want to get to this. Um, before we left, and that is, I really wanted to play this piece of audio. And, and I've kind of avoided talking about this on my show this week, and I questioned whether or not to talk about it on podcasts because um, I've heard a few people talk about this, and I know they meant well, okay? I won't, I won't throw anybody under the bus. I know they meant well, but it was sort of cringeworthy to hear them talk about Brent Venables and his wife, Julie. And to me, this is one of those things that's got to be handled with with the utmost respect, okay? Uh, I mean, first of all, cancer is a monster. Um, my wife just lost one of her dear cousins, who's only 33 years old, to cancer, and we're dealing with, you know, more cancer uh, in our family. Uh, and one of my wife's aunts, who's very near and dear to my heart, um, is suffering from stage four cancer. And, and those things are hard. They're hard to deal with. So certainly... I can sympathize, and I bet you can too, because you've probably lost somebody in your life to cancer. We can all sympathize with what Brent Venables is going through. And, um, you know, any way you can help, you know, whatever that is. I, I think part of it is is we all, we all want to help in any way we can, and I'm one of those guys. I just there, There's two words or three words I just cannot say. Okay, I'm not even going to tell you what those words are, but if I, I bet you put your mind to them, you know exactly what they are. But I do sympathize, wish him the best, and somehow that just doesn't seem enough. But one thing that, that I was absolutely blown away with at the press conference was how Brent Venables talked about his wife. And as somebody who loves their wife absolutely dearly, this was great. Um, I know Brent Venables is going through a tough time. But I love how we talked about his wife. And I just wanted to play this for you before we went out today in case you haven't heard it. Here is Brent Venables talking about his wife, Julie, and what she's going through. Um, Julie, uh, appreciate you asking. Uh, obviously, we, we got a, a diagnosis on, on June 16th that was uh, knock you off your feet and uh, one that, uh, you know, it takes me back to talking to my mother in January of 2005 and having a uh, you know, a stage four uh, conversation and, and one of those that, you know, you know there's no, uh, you know, blueprint on how you handle that. But, uh, you know, you know, our real sanctuary and our, you know, true shelters, our faith and 
the power of prayer and we, so much support. And I appreciate everybody here that has reached out. You know, it's been, um, you know, uh, nothing short of amazing uh, uh, a group of people that have uh, helped, in uh, whether it's the doctors or um, administration, my, people I work with, our staff, our players, our players' parents, and certainly so many friends in the Sooner Nation. So it's been great. So she uh, had a, uh, a surgery on Friday morning, and uh, we're hopeful that um, we got everything, and uh, we're may, we maybe uh, can avoid, uh, you know, further, um, you know, treatments such as radiation and chemotherapy. We'll find that out in the next several days, but uh, we're, we, we think it's not in her lymph node, so that's a, a great thing uh, in, the, in that cancer world. So uh, right now it was, was contained, and, and so now we're trying to help strengthen her and get her back on her feet. So appreciate She's tough, and as I said, she's a honey badger, and uh, she's got a medical background as a former nurse, and so she, she already knows the answer to the question so get it get it right doc and uh uh so she's again she's amazing Brent, from all of us here at the sooner schooner show we wish you and julie the absolute best coming up next week we'll take a look at the ou receivers and we'll have a little bit more stuff from camp until then Please give us a five-star rating and write a written review. Take a screenshot of both those. Send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. And for that, for that effort, you will get a Heartland College Sports koozie. May God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Don Cornelius, love, peace, and soul.